Hey there, gorgeous. Welcome to the VLX podcast. My name is Jackie Dixon, and my mission is to help women become healthy, holy, and hot, on fire for God in every area of their lives. Sound good? Let's get started. Hi, everybody. My name is Jackie Dixon. I run a company called VLX, where I coach Christian women to take great care of their bodies and their relationships with God, themselves, and men so that they can shine in front of the whole world and lead people to God through their health and their holiness. So what I want to talk about today is a blog post I published on Wednesday. This is actually an older series that was really popular I did a few years ago called Back to Nice, where when I was in college, I went to the south of France, Nice, France, on a study abroad trip and packed on the pounds, 25 pounds in five weeks. And it was not muscle mass, let's just put it that way. So the part of the story that we're at this week is where the weight has been really coming on seriously. We're a few weeks in and I already can't fit in the pants that I brought with me, that I wore on the way over. So I'm wearing my elastic waistband athletic pants every day because nothing else fits and I can't bear to go shopping. And I'm starting to just resent this whole experience. So I'm in one of the most beautiful places in the world on what anyone would call just a dream trip, even though that the studying was pretty intense. It was a pretty intense program. But all of the students around me were also kind of saying, you know, I've noticed that I'm gaining weight too. And we were wondering what earth is going on here? We're in France where people are supposed to be so slim and chic and you can eat whatever you want and stay skinny. What's going on? But what happened is because other people were also gaining weight, I thought, well, Maybe this doesn't matter. Maybe we'll just, you know, let's go get another ice cream and let's go get another pastry. And I kind of used the fact that they were also having the same problem to justify my continuing in this cycle. But the bottom line was that I didn't know what to do. And if I had, I probably would have stopped because even if other people were joining me on this, if they we were all in the same problem together, I was just miserable. When you have that kind of insatiable hunger, and that's what I talked about last week, life is just, it's you're constantly focusing on when are you gonna get to eat next? What, how could you sneak food? How could you bring food with you while you're waiting for the next meal? And it becomes this kind of obsessive, uh, just misery where you're kind of trapped by your own appetite. And that's absolutely where I was. I was sneaking food under my bed. I was getting up in the middle of the night to go you know, raid my poor host family's kitchen. I was out of control. And I wasn't alone, some of the other students were miserable with me, but shame that I started to feel is a personal thing. So I wanna to talk to you today about this concept of body shame. Because what was happening is I could not get myself out of this cycle. I didn't know enough about health and about how to manage my own body in different circumstances. And so it became this kind of helpless reality that I couldn't escape. And when there's a reality that you don't feel you can escape, you have to deal with it emotionally somehow. And usually, unless you're extremely mature, which I was not, it is not in a healthy way that we deal with that emotionally. So what is this concept of shame? Well, if I say shame to you, and I mentioned this in the blog post, what you might think of is, oh, I was ashamed when I was late for my appointment, or I forgot to wish my friend a happy birthday. But it's not really shame. That's just embarrassment. You made a little faux pas. No one's going to hate you for it. And you know, they shouldn't at least, that's pretty minor. And so you kind of get over it and you go on. Shame is this much deeper, I have not measured up. I have failed intrinsically in who I am. 
I am not wanted. I am not worthy. I am not good enough for whatever situation I'm in. So the spot that I was in was that I was out of control with my appetite and my body, and I couldn't see a way to change it. So what I did instead was I internalized the fact that I was not measuring up, measuring up to my own standards and measuring up to the world standards. Now there is such a thing as holy shame, at least that's what I call it. And that is the sense of shame that we feel when we encounter the holiness of God and we feel our own sinfulness. We are in his presence. We sense how perfect and awe-inspiringly powerful, terrifyingly really powerful he is how flawless he is and all of our faults and failures and filthiness <laughs> in comparison to him. That's holy shame. And there's an extent to which that's a good thing to feel. Now, on the other side of Christ's sacrifice, we now have his righteousness. So we shouldn't really feel deeply ashamed and we're able to go to God with confidence now. But that's all holy shame. And that's not really what I'm talking about in this instance. What I'm talking about is something that kind of comes out of cultural shame. That's another term I made up. And that is when we sense that we haven't lived up to the world's standards. So we see on the magazines or TV or movies, this standard of a certain body type, a certain body image, a certain look, a certain level of fitness and health, or maybe it's not fitness and health, but it's certainly thinness and the appearance of fitness and health. And we sense in ourselves, that's not me. I, I don't look like that. I don't feel like that. My body doesn't work or move like that. I'm just, that's, I'm so far away from that, or I feel so far away from that. And that is the sense of cultural shame. Our culture has established a standard. We feel like we have not met it. And that deep, sickening sense of I am not good enough is that shame that we feel. Now, I think that shame is one of the most powerful and horrifically negative feelings that we can feel. It's miserable to feel like you are in a place that you can't really escape and you're not good enough to be there. So that's often how many of us, I think, feel in this world. Here's these standards, and we haven't met them. Whether they're education standards, their wealth standards, their health or beauty standards, their, oh gosh, any kind of life success perception standards, and we haven't met them. It's a sickening feeling. And we don't want to stay there because it's so powerfully negative. <laughs> so what do we do? We escape that feeling as fast as we possibly can. We do it so fast that I think we've trained ourselves out of even noticing that it's there, even feeling it at all. So if you think of a couple situations where you might feel something more like body shame. So let's say you're at the beach and this girl, or if you're a guy, this guy walks by and they are fantastically fit. I mean, slim and toned and tanned and in the perfect bathing suit. I mean, they look amazing. And you're there, like I was a niece, this kind of like white, pale whale <laughs> beached on the sand and you just want to disappear. You wish they would just go away or you have maybe even more powerfully negative thoughts about them. You wish you could just bury yourself in the sand and you have this pit in your stomach of I'm not good enough to be here and I can't escape the situation and I hate this situation. And what that is really is shame because you feel that difference between what you think you're supposed to be and what you feel you are. But because that shame is so miserable, you escape it as fast as you possibly can. Now, at least this is what I do. And this is what, as I work with a lot of people, they realize that they're doing too. So if you're an exception, fair enough. But this is what I think many people do when they feel that hit of shame. They change it into an emotion that makes them feel less helpless, less victimized, and more powerful. So what might some of those emotions be? Well, one is a despair, just kind of a sadness. I have given up. I'm never going to make it. 
this is you know how it's gonna be and you're deeply distressed about the state of your body if you're around someone who regularly complains about their lack of health or the lack of fitness that's a person who's probably living out this emotion of despair some other really common ones I often see are anger or lashing out and that's when someone's maybe at a party or it's afterward or they're on vacation or whatever and they're in these situations where they have this sense of shame they have this sense that they aren't measuring up and because they can't deal with that emotion healthily they lash out so maybe at dinner they just they go off and they start fussing at somebody or you know back at home they lash out at their family or their close friends and you just think where on earth did that come from there's no reason for that kind of anger and many times I think it's because they have this sense that they haven't been good enough and they can't handle it so they lash out in anger another version of that is bitterness which at least by my definition is kind of a slower simmering anger and that's when there's someone who you may see people like this I unfortunately see them frequently who isn't actively acting out of anger but they're kind of a little bit sarcastic they're a little bit you know I was gonna say bitter <laughs> they're a little bit bitter they're a little bit um, and they'll bring things up that they're not happy about they're kind of prod and poke at people and they'll just kind of talk about situations negatively and you can just sense that something is not right with them that they're really angry about the situation that they're in so that's another one one more let's see we have a couple more I think that blog post listed but there's so many different symptoms you know even if they're not on this list you can start to think this way of when I feel this kind of pain what am I defaulting to because I want to get out of that sense of pain as fast as possible one I see a lot with Christians and even with um, secular women when they're talking about their bodies is this kind of us versus them and this almost self-righteousness really of the media and culture is so wrong and they are so materialistic and they are so sinful and they are so you know self idolizing I don't think that's the right word <laughs> they make are making idols of themselves and of their bodies and of their looks and they're so wrong and I over here having my brownie Sunday perhaps <laughs> am so much holier because I'm focused on the things that matter well neither one of those is really quite right is it but it's that sense of I have done it better and I am better I'm above these people who are so concerned with their wellness um, because I'm you know focused on eternal things well your body is an eternal thing and, and that's, that's something I won't go into now because it's so theologically complicated but these are actually important things so that's one other way another way I often see is escapism when people will develop hobbies uh, or even just gather groups of friends around them who have no intention of taking good care of themselves they are taking themselves out of those situations where they feel that they haven't measured up in their body and of course this could fit with any type of thing like we just listed education or wealth or um, you know any kind of topic that you want to take but we're just focusing on body for the time being so they avoid the situations maybe they don't go to the beach they go to you know I don't know a ranch or they go somewhere where they're gonna be in parkas all the time or something they avoid these situations they avoid these groups of people as much as they can who are gonna make them feel like they haven't measured up in this in their body care or in their looks or their current state of health and then I think I had one last one. Oh, this is one of my favorites this is bravado and you might see this a lot if you're at a bar or <laughs> hope you don't go there too much right uh, or if you're just even with a group of friends and maybe you're all watching TV and this really fit person comes on I see a lot of men who have body shame do this and maybe the guy's a little heavier and he's a little out of shape and you know some really good-looking woman comes on the TV and he makes some kind of comment about her body now often as women I think we internalize that as what a horrific you know misogynist chauvinist rawr right but a lot of times what's often going on is that guy in his mind is saying 
I could never get a girl like that. I know I'm out of shape. I know she probably wouldn't pay attention to me. I know she's probably dating some stud, good looking, super fit guy, whatever. And so I am going to judge her and I'm going to comment on her in a way that objectifies her a little or a lot because I know that I can't have that. And it makes me mad. It makes me feel that sense of shame that I have not measured up. I'm not good enough. And so I'm going to pick on them. It's another kind of us versus them in a way, even though it looks like he's being rude. What he's really often doing is expressing that he doesn't feel good enough. And women will sometimes do this too, but I see bravado mostly in men. It's, or another way to do it, another way to do it if you'd like to try, which I don't recommend, that I see a lot in Christian circles sometimes because it's more acceptable, obviously, than objectifying someone else's body, is to mock somebody, your own body. So if you have someone maybe who you know who, who eats too much or who uh, is overweight and is, is pretty aware that they're not taking great care of their body and they're kind of aware that other people are aware too, they'll pick on themselves. They'll say, well, I'm the fat kid. Well, I'm the one who loves to eat. Or I'm, you know, the food monger, the food lover. I'm, you know, etc. I'm not an athlete. And they'll bash themselves. And in a way, it's a sense of bravado. What it is, is it's putting themselves out there saying, I know I'm a failure. I know I don't measure up. I know, you know, I'm not fitting in or whatever. And by doing that, they're kind of keeping anyone else from saying it first or perhaps from saying it at all because they're creating that buffer. So it's kind of like putting it at arm's length. And even though it looks like they're actually drawing attention to it, it's, it's kind of not acknowledging what's really happening by making a joke about it and just keeping it over there. That's really what's happening because when you're able to come close to something, you're getting more emotionally intimate, you're getting more open. And what they're doing is shutting that door. Oh, I'm yada, 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 whatever. You can fill in the blank. I'm just like this. And it's like they just shut that door and now nobody else can comment on it and they've reduced that sense of shame. You know when you have a secret or something, <laughs> you have something that's emotionally charged and you just wanna tell someone so you can reduce that emotional charge. Well, in a way that's what they're doing because when they walk into a room and they don't feel like they fit in and they, I should say me, I've done this myself many times, and instead of having that tension sit there and they're so hyper aware of it, even if other people have no, you know, aren't even thinking about it at all. They're so aware of it that they are dying to reduce that tension. And so what they do is they bring it out already. They kind of bring it to the fore so that it can be released. It's almost like if you have a secret, oh my gosh, someone just told me it's such a big deal. I, I just, I've got to tell someone it's this emotional charge. And then as soon as you say it to somebody else, that charge drops and you can relax. So that's kind of what they're doing by talking about their bodies so boldly and bluntly and really rudely and disrespectfully. So those are what I call the symptoms. There's only a few really tip of the iceberg of the symptoms of body shame. And again, all of these, you know, symptoms of shame can be for any other topic. It doesn't have to be your body, but that's certainly what we're talking about right now in this body stewardship season that we're in the middle of discussing for the next couple of months. So I want you to be aware of that. Where are you feeling shame and can you stop and pause right before you default perhaps to whatever emotion you go to. And I have gone to every single one of those, every single one of those on that list and more many, many times. But when I became aware that it was all stemming from the fact that I didn't feel good enough, I didn't feel like I measured up. I didn't feel like I fit in, like I'd made the cut. I could stop before I went on to those destructive, um, they're really kind of band-aid emotions because they're not letting me get to the root of the problem in my heart where I'm not feeling good enough, where it's essentially a deep insecurity. And if I'm not aware of that, because what I'm really feeling is my self-righteous anger, or I'm just trying to escape it and not think about it at all, then I can't deal with that issue. 
So what I want you to do this week and whenever you have time, if you're commuting or you're in the shower or perhaps whenever you're around other people and you're feeling that sense of tension or you're engaging with your body in any way and you're just you're facing the facts that maybe you're not in the state of wellness you want to be, I want you to see if you can identify that shame before you head to a different emotion to kind of cover it or mask it or avoid it. Stay in that shame. And you're thinking, Jackie, you're out of your mind. I don't want to stay in shame. That sounds miserable. But if you can just pause there long enough to say, okay, this is what's really going on. This is why I feel this tension. This is why I'm so freaking miserable. And this is why I turn to these other emotions that are so often destructive, or at least aren't allowing you to come back and really work on this. Stay there just long enough to say, okay, that's what it is. And then coming soon, we're going to talk about how to deal with it and how to what I call step out of shame. And the great news is that as Christians, we have an extremely powerful, I would almost say fail safe way to do that. There's, um, well, there's just good news. Let's put it that way. If you know the gospel, you know what I'm talking about. So that's what I've got for you this week. I want you to try to identify that moment of shame in whatever area of your life you're struggling in, but perhaps it's your body, especially as we head into summer. You're seeing all those magazine covers about the bikini body, you know, 30 day plan to get in shape by, you know, what Memorial Day weekend or something. As you're starting to feel that, just pause and identify it. And then we're going to learn to take it out soon. So have a fabulous week, guys. Have a fabulous weekend, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the VLX podcast. I'd love to keep you motivated to go after God's plan in every area of your life. So if you love what I'm talking about, subscribe to this channel and come find me on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter at Jackie Dixon VLX. I'd love to virtually meet and interact with you. And if you're interested in the concept of the biblical bombshell, please join me for a soiree where I'll teach you the 12 pillars of a woman who is healthy, holy, and hot. RSVP at JackieDixon.org forward slash soiree. I'll see you there, beautiful.